Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You ain't first. You're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway here on Running Hot. Yes, NASCAR returns after a week off, but prior to the break, Martin Truex Jr. claimed his second win of the season by taking home the checkered flag by finishing first at Sonoma. Kyle Busch used solid driving paired with a good strategy to finish second. And Joe Indigano did the same to take third. So Stevie, I want to get your thoughts on the race Sonoma overall, but also on the fact that what we would consider normally the big three on the road courses, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, not really doing their thing at Sonoma. So I want you to talk about both of those things. I mean, Trix was fast in practice, was someone that we were kind of targeting. Him and Hamlin, Hamlin had some unlucky break, which is good to see because, like, these are guys, like, that for years we were talking about on road courses and, like, last year Toyota was just so bad, especially at Sonoma. So it was really good to see the Toyotas kind of bounce back and everything that I had read was they were running a lot closer to, like, Tyler Reddick's setup, which kind of makes me believe they were running closer to, like, a Chevy setup because of how good Chevy was last year on road courses. So I think it was awesome to see Truex win. When he was practicing and I was watching practice, I was able to grab him at 40 to 1 during practice, and I was like, what are we doing leaving lines up? But hey, it was a good week. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is going into the race, we were really talking about Fords and what's going to go on with Fords and how is this track going to affect them. And it was really good to see Busher and McDowell run really well because those are the two Fords that we were going into the week like, hey, these are the two guys that we need to watch. Joe Logano, he wasn't fast. He had really good strategy. Mm-hmm. Are we shocked? Paul Wolf is really good at what he does. So as far as like Larson, 
Tire fall off was there still at Sonoma, but the passing seemed down a little bit and they just didn't seem as fast. And Tyler Reddick, you talked about it a lot two weeks ago when we did running hot on how this is one of his worst tracks as far as road courses. And I mean, as soon as the green flag dropped, he was dropping and he dropped and ran in that like what 12th range and just, it's just not a good road course for him. So I think overall it was a good road course. I know a lot of people thought it was boring, but this is what road course racing is. It's technical, it's long, and I mean, it's something that we should probably do two or three times a year. If we could fix the short track program with this new car, the 1.5 is fixed, and I think we should go road course racing a little less. Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought Sonoma was a good race. I didn't think it was a great race or a fantastic race. I thought it was a good race. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the racing. I love road course racing in general, though. And you're right. As far as the Fords, Michael McDowell, Chris Bush are the two we were high on. And then the rest of the Fords kind of stunk. You mentioned it. Joey Logano finished third, but that was a strategy move. Kyle Busch's second place finish was a strategy move. He kind of timed an earlier pit stop really well and took advantage of one of the few cautions there. And then Chase Elliott, he just kind of hung around that fifth to ninth place spot there. Kyle Larson, I thought, had a really good car. The problem was he qualified in 16th or something like that. And it is hard to pass. And he was making good moves. But because he made his first pit stop earlier, that second stint, he started wearing out his tires really bad. And then he made a mistake or two. But I thought he actually had a really fast car. And if we look at my track position adjusted flags, he actually comes in as a top five car in that race. And I think he would have been even better without some of the issues he was facing there just based off of strategy and, and a couple errors. So I think it was still a good chance Kyle Larson could have won that race or competed for the win had he had a good qualifying lap. But coming from 16th is so hard at Sonoma. So overall, I agree with you. I think it was a it was a good race, not an amazing race. And as far as road courses on the schedule, I'm right there with you. I think if this car was amazing at road courses, I think it could handle four, five, maybe even six on the schedule. But it hasn't been super amazing on the road courses, especially this year on this uh, lower downforce package, amazingly enough. So I think in that three to four range is probably the sweet spot for road courses on the schedule right now, especially with how things have been so good, like you said, at the intermediate tracks. But we do turn our attention ahead this weekend to Nashville Super Speedway. I put the Super Speedway in quotes because, <laughs> you know, it's not really Super Speedway racing per se, but that is the name of the track. We're going to run 300 laps, 400 miles for the Ally 400 at this unique track. Nashville is a one and a third mile concrete track with what I would say like semi-flat banking in the corners at 14 degrees. It's not really flat, but it's not really the intermediate style banking we see of like 16, 18, 20, 25 degrees sometimes. It is tri-oval shaped, and because it's concrete, a concrete tri-oval shape makes it very distinct from other tri-ovals, right? The other tri-ovals we see are all asphalt, but it's also distinct from the other concrete tracks, Dover, Bristol. They're both what we call true ovals with 180-degree turns at each end. And like I said, it's in that unique spot in banking, kind of between the flatter ovals, but less banked than most of the traditional or steeper ovals. So with all that said, Stevie... With this really unique track at Nashville, how are we going to be evaluating driver performance here? There is no track that I think comps well to Nashville, in my opinion. I think that it is such a unique racetrack that, I mean, you can't really compare it to the concrete tracks because, I mean, Dover and Bristol are these steep racetracks, both under a mile. Honestly, like looking at it, 
we are going to get a tire that we run a little bit this season, but looking at those tracks, they're not even close to the type of track that Nashville is. So, I mean, we're going to use that data. I think recent speed is the thing that I'm going to be focusing on the most, but honestly, Nick, I know this is like a, a Thursday recording type show for us, but we're getting a full practice this week, yeah. three sets of tires, 50 minutes of practice. That is the key factor when betting or whatever you're doing this weekend with NASCAR is that's going to be the number one factor. We're going to see who's fast, who's not fast in that practice, who's falling off, who's not falling off. Heading into the weekend, I'm relying a lot on like recent speed, a little bit on the the track data with this tire, but Nashville's unique, and that's what makes it such a fun race to watch because it's such a unique racetrack. Yeah, you mentioned that 50-minute practice session, and, and you also mentioned getting Truex 40-1 to 1 during the Sonoma practice. Unfortunately, I was out during Sonoma practice, uh, wasn't following along, wasn't able to follow along during that. So I missed out, but kudos to you for that. But if books are leaving open odds during practice, make sure to take advantage of that, especially for this weekend at Nashville with it being such a unique track, like you said. But, you know, we do have two races under our belt at Nashville. What have they been like, Stevie? And what can we expect this weekend from racing at Nashville? I mean, the first time we were here was old car, and it was just absolutely dominated by Kyle Larson. He started fifth in that race. He had 130 fastest laps and led 264 of the laps. It was the season that Kyle Larson dominated (laughs) in general. So, I mean, I don't think we're looking at that race too much because different car. But last year, going back and looking at that race, it was a tale of two races. It was the finish and it was everything that happened before the finish. And mm-hmm. the speed was all in the Toyotas. JGR was really fast. Hamlin, Kyle Busch at the time was in the 18 and Martin Truex Jr. By far the three fastest cars, not even close. So Chastain was really fast last year in this race. And then we had, a, you know, Chase Elliott was, he was solid. He won the race, but he wasn't the best car. So I think it was just kind of a tale of two races. I think you really are going to be looking more at like speed from last year than you are at finishing position. And I hope that, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I feel like a few books were looking at finishing position instead of speed from last year. So that's our job, right? We're looking for speed. We're looking for edge. And I think the edge this week is going and looking at who is fast going into last year. Yeah, totally agree with you. The Toyotas dominated this race last year. So if anything, you know, we want to skew our mindset toward that. Funny enough, (laughs) my only Toyota pick this week, and it's not because I'm down on the Toyotas. I just found value elsewhere. But my only Toyota pick this week will be the one that we're on together in victory lane as a little bit of a, a teaser there. But that is the Nashville preview It is time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Nashville. That's four turns, one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So, Stevie, time to take the green flag for the Allied 400 and dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, start us off into turn one. All right, this is very rare for me, but I'm going against William Byron. (laughs) I got Ryan Blaney over William Byron. It's plus 105. We're getting, you know, plus odds here on Blaney, which he's been really good here recently. I mean, Byron has been the best car over the last five races that haven't been road courses or super speedways. Hendrick Motorsports, we know the speed is there. William Byron has been one of the most consistent and fastest cars all season. But Blaney has been the second best car in that same span. The speed is there. His teammates, not so much. They are struggling a little bit. But this is a good racetrack for Cindric. And Logano, it seems like it's a good racetrack for him as well. Blaney was good here last year, so 
I think we're getting value, getting plus money here on Ryan Blaney with the speed that he's had. I think this is closer to probably heads up coin flip type of bet. And, you know, Blaney finished third in this race last year and he ran top 10 almost the whole race. So I'm not too concerned about Blaney. I know William Byron's probably the better driver and equipment this year, but getting plus money on a car that's been just as fast seems like a good bet here early in the week. To go off to that point, Ryan Blaney been pretty good at Nashville. I know he DNF'd the first year at Nashville, but last year in that, like you said, tail two races, he did still come home third and you have to be running fast to be able to come home third typically. And, and Blaney was fast, you know, one of the best outside of the Toyotas last year, arguably the best outside of those big three Toyotas that you were mentioning last year. For my turn one pick, I'm also going to stick with the head-to-head match. And I'm actually going to fade a Toyota here, but it's because it's a very specific Toyota. I'm going to take Kevin Harvick minus 105 over Tyler Reddick. And like I said, instead of this being a fade of Toyota, this is more a fade of Reddick, who has been terrible at Nashville in both the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series relative to the equipment, right? So I always equipment adjusts everything. And relative to his equipment and looking at all the other tracks in equal equipment that he's run in, His driver quality at Nashville compared to his average track in the equipment he's in is minus 20% in the Cup Series and minus 25% in the Xfinity Series. And that's two races in Cup, two races in Xfinity. So we're going off of a four-race sample size here where this is about a 20%-ish worse track for him than his average track. Also, Tyler Reddick just overall hasn't been consistent. I mean, look at him. He's sitting 13th in the point standings. Compare that to Kevin Harvick, who is the model of consistency, sitting fifth in the points despite having no wins. And, you know, he has two top 10 finishes at Nashville in the two races that we've run here. So I'm going to take a a consistent Kevin Harvick, a guy who has solid track history, over an inconsistent guy with poor track history. So in head-to-head matchups, I really like that consistency plus the good track history here. So what do you think, Stevie? You know, Kevin Harvick won two Xfinity races here too. That's um, right. 2006 yep. and 2010. So the track history is much longer for <laughs> Mr. Um, Harvick, who's retiring at the end of the year. But so looking at the three races that we've had on the intermediates with this tire, Auto Club Vegas, Kansas running the same tire yeah. code this weekend. So looking at those three races, Kevin Harvick has a 92.4 driver rating and a 74.3 driver rating for Tyler Reddick. Driver rating is not the end all, but it gives us an idea of overall speed for those races. And Harvick has a way better average finish. He's beat him two out of the three races head to head. Getting this close to even seems like a good bet. So I like this one here early in the week. Yeah. So that is turn one for us. And we're going to roll through the turn in a turn two. I'm Denny Hanlon, and this is Turn 2 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, take us through the corner in Turn 2. I feel like one driver that's been undervalued all season has been Bubba Wallace. Um, Top 10 at plus money this week. So I don't know if it's just because of early career stuff, but like 2311 is getting closer to being like an elite team. So I feel like they don't get the respect, and I think this is a team that's going to win a lot of races over the next 10 years. So... Not to go off on that side tangent, but Wallace finished 12th in this race last season. He ranked 10th in green flag speed in that race. We already talked about how all the wildness happened and how we really want to look at speed. So he was a top 10 car in speed here last year. Finished top five in two of the three races with this tire this season. Wallace and Toyota have shown a lot of speed over the last month. And I mean, I plan on riding that momentum. I think Bubba Wallace 
the type of track that he's performed well at in his career has always been these flatter type of tracks. He has the best mentor in the world. Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. are two of the best that we've ever had on flatter tracks. So love Bubba Wallace top 10 this week and getting it at even money just seems like a, a nice bet here. Yeah, and we're playing right into that Toyota theme where we think they should be strong. And the difference from Tyler Reddick, of course, like you said, this should be a strong track type for Bubble Wallace. And he did finish well here last year, especially compared to his season-long results. This was actually a positive 8% track for him last year. So definitely like that Bubble Wallace top 10 play. For my turn to pick, Gonna go to the weekly, it almost seems. Chase Briscoe at intermediate fade. <laughs> and I'm gonna take Eric Almarola, his teammate, at minus 125 odds to finish ahead of Chase Briscoe. Briscoe's been beyond awful at the intermediate package this year. He's sat 30th or worse in track position adjusted flags every single intermediate package race. Almarola, meanwhile, he hasn't been amazing at this intermediate package, but He's also not bad at Nashville. He has an average of finish of 10 and a half in the two races. Sure, that was boosted by a fourth place finish two years ago. Last year, he still came home 17th, which was still well outpacing Chase Briscoe, his teammate. And he finished ahead of Briscoe in both of the Nashville races. He's also, like I said, just outpaced Briscoe at the intermediate package this year as well. Almirola coming off a 19th place finish at Gateway while Briscoe back in the 20s, 30s again, as he's been every week in the intermediate package. So you get we're getting Briscoe in a bad package for him at a pretty bad track for him. And this is a relatively decent track for Almirola. He's better at these flatter type tracks and he's posted some very good results at Nashville. So I'm going to eat the juice here at minus 125 Almirola over Briscoe. Got to remember, too, that we're getting a crew chief change for Chase Briscoe. I know they had like an off week to kind of make this all official and make it work. But Richard Boswell, they worked together in the Xfinity Series in 18 to 20, pretty sure. And they won, I think, seven or eight races in that span. But this is a huge upgrade for Boswell going from an Xfinity car that we know does not run the same as these cup cars. So while... I think overall the change is going to be good long-term for Briscoe. I think we're going to have to wait and see five to seven races before like Boswell really kind of gets his feet under him. So I think that's just a huge move that might go overlooked on the books side of things that we need to be looking at. So I, I do like going against Briscoe and matchups that we can get this week. So I think Briscoe's going to struggle. I'm with you. This dude's 31st in points in a Stuart Haas car. That That's just not good. Yeah. And, you know, he does have some solid finishes this year, but he was coming off a three straight top five run, but it was between Bristol Dirt, Martinsville and Talladega, which Bristol Dirt is very unique. Martinsville, shorter, flatter track, not running that intermediate package, shortest track on the schedule. And then Talladega, a super speedway race where all things are equal. So not really a representative run there compared to most of the tracks that we'll be seeing as far as the intermediates. And then he just really hasn't performed at the road courses this year as well. So very big struggle year for Chase Briscoe. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Time to hit the throttle and go down the backstretch and then barrel into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, lead us into turn three. Well, I mean, turn three at most racetracks is where the party happens. So I got to go to the party man himself, Mr. Daniel Suarez, for a top 10. Early in the week, I, I really like trying to find top 10 bets that make sense that seem to have value. And this one really jumped out the page to me here at, at plus 165. Um, this is going to be a big track for him as far as like sponsorship goes. They're doing big parties this weekend. Tootsies is on the car. They're a Nashville organization. This is a huge area just in general for this team. We saw a lot of speed last year at this racetrack for Ross Chastain. And Suarez actually was fast, just had some issues. So he has a 9.7 average finish in the three races with the same tire, which gives me confidence that the top 10 is there. He ranked 12th in speed at Nashville last season, despite where he finished. He ranked 7th in speed at Gateway a couple weeks ago. Not the best comp, but it is another bigger flat track type of racetrack and i mean if we look at all of the non-road courses and super speedways he ranks in top 15 speeds so getting this at plus 165 it seems like nice value data suarez like bubba wallace is another driver that i feel like we've talked about on this podcast a lot this year i agree with you i think he's super underrated track house like you said with 2311 track house aside from ross chastain you know obviously blowing things up last year just being amazing Daniel Suarez has been quietly strong, especially last year. You know, the first year, just like 2311, Trackhouse started two years ago and, you know, it was just Daniel Suarez there. And so just like we had just Bubba Wallace with 2311, but 
the addition of Ross Chastain, the next-gen car, things have certainly changed. So my pick also, Daniel Suarez, but I'm going to take him plus 450 to win a group with Bubba Wallace, Alex Bowman, and Ty Gibbs. And, you know, I know there's Bubba in this group and we like Bubba, but we also like Suarez. I think Alex Bowman is good too. And of course, Ty Gibbs, you know, I'm not as high on Ty Gibbs simply because he's a rookie, still kind of getting up to speed in these cup cars. His best finish in his career is still ninth place, which he did three times earlier this year. And he dominated the Xfinity series, but Nashville was not one of those tracks where he dominated. So just overall, I think this is a very close group. And so plus 450 is just far too long on the odd side of things here. I mean, if you think about it, a four-car group, if everybody was equal to win, 25% to win, plus 300 would be fair. And I think Daniel Suarez may actually be either the favorite or the second favorite in this group, right up there with Bubba and Bowman. I think the three of them are all pretty close. So if I were to kind of handicap this, I think Ty Gibbs should be the plus 450 and these other guys should be around plus 280. So I really like plus 450 on Daniel Suarez. You mentioned how strong he's been at Nashville, seventh place two years ago, 11th average finish in the two races. If we look at this group over the last two years, Bubba would have won this group Last year, if we just look at Bubba Bowman and Suarez, but he was only three places ahead of Suarez. Two years ago, Daniel Suarez would have won this group. And that's with me even putting Kyle Busch in for Ty Gibbs, which of course Gibbs is in that Kyle Busch car now. They just renumbered it, but same team car. So, you know, Suarez won this group two years ago. And of course, like you said, he's run wellness tire combination, Auto Club, Vegas, Kansas, all inside the top 12 in flags, which is, you know, my true speed metric there. So we're both high on Daniel Suarez this week. What do you think as far as this group? I would probably say that it's a coin flip between Bubba, Bowman, and Suarez. So I'm with you on that. Gibbs is the outside looking in driver, but getting this at plus 450 seems like really nice value because, I mean, anytime you're getting the second or third favorite in a group at plus 450, I mean, you're really just kind of racing against three guys. So I'd be super happy with Suarez finishing seventh, Bubba finishing eighth, and Bowman finishing ninth. So that works (laughs) for me. Yeah, I like it. That's the the dream scenario right there. <laughs> getting all three of those guys in the top 10 uh, and, and getting the Sora's group win. So that is our turn three pick. We've got one more corner to go before we take the checkered flag. So let's dive into turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, lead us through turn four. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go back to the Toyota here and their winning number for the manufacturer bet is plus 175 here early in the week. And it just seems like a number is more based off of finishing position last year than speed. You know, we talked about them ranking first, second and third in speed last year at Nashville. They've bridged the gap on Chevy over the last month. We've been talking about this, I feel like, for about six weeks now. Three of the top six cars in speed on the three tracks of this tire combo has been Toyota's. And we know they kind of started a little slower. So I think this is really a battle between Toyota and Chevy this weekend. My model has it closer than the 175 that we're getting. So I'm jumping on this early in the week. I don't expect it to move too much. So if you want to wait, I don't think that you'll lose out too much on this. But if Toyota does come out and they have a lot of speed, this could move closer to like plus 140. Chevy's going to be the favorite. They've been the favorite all year as far as manufacturer bets. So I don't think it gets lower than 140. But it's just something that I want to jump on here early in the week. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to car count, right? The Toyota only has six cars, so they're never going to be like a super strong favorite, even if we see them dominate practice. Plus, if they dominate practice, 
they can only fill spots one through six. So some other guys are going to show up seven through, you know, whatever, and, and look like they're good anyway. So, and let's be real, Toyota's not going to be one through six in practice. So uh, there's going to be some Chevys probably in there inside the, the top few positions in practice as well. So you're right. This really isn't going to move a ton, but at the same time, it is probably good to get it a little bit early. If we do think Toyota is going to be the strongest manufacturer for my Turn four pick. This is like more of a lean for me. I'm just going to throw a half unit on this. If you want to, you know, if you want to play it, I would throw a half unit on it because I think it's pretty thin value. But I'm going to take Austin Sindrick top 10 at plus 470. And like I said, I don't love it, but by comparison, pretty much everywhere else, he's in the three to one to 3.75 to one range. So plus 300, plus 375 to one. So plus 470, just as far as like book value is pretty solid. So you know, it's kind of gross, but he is pretty good here. He grabbed his only non-drafting oval top 10 last year at this track. All his other top 10s were either at road courses or at drafting ovals. He also led more than 50 laps in his lone Xfinity race here. Remember, the Xfinity races are shorter, so 50 laps led there is a very solid number. <clears throat> he is coming off a of 13th at Gateway, so, you know, they did find some speed at a flattish and similarish length track with that 13th place finish at gateway and you know just looking at this tire combination he wasn't amazing he, he honestly he wasn't that great in speed at las vegas but he still managed the sixth place finish because he was good enough to hang inside that top 20 in flags and if you know if mayhem or if, if things get a little crazy at the end and like you said if nashville's kind of a tail two races last year that gives the ability to, to shake things up, maybe a little bit of strategy. That's Austin Sindrick finished sixth at Vegas. Certainly think that's possible for him here at Nashville as well. So plus 470, I'm kind of leaning here, half a unit type deal because it's pretty thin value, but that is my turn for pick. Yeah, I mean, getting a Penske car at plus 470 is kind of what you're betting on here. Austin Sindrick, is, he's a talented race car driver and he's someone that can win in the Cup Series. It's just really... Ford is kind of behind the looking in right now as far as just overall raw speed. You know, we've seen it a little bit more from Blaney, but is that because Blaney is just an elite race car driver? It's tough to say. It's really good to see him win. But yeah, I mean, you're getting a Penske car plus 470. I like the half a unit because, I mean, you're still having a really good bet here if this hits. So yeah, I mean, I don't mind this one. Exactly. Like you said, you're kind of just betting on a Penske car at plus 470. So good car, good equipment, even though they're the behind the eight ball, it, it's pretty long odds for a top 10 finish, which is kind of a nice, you know, gives us a lot of cushion there. There's only 26 spots he can't finish in and, and 10 spots he can. So that is a lap around Nashville super speedway, but that means we've completed the lap and it is time to take the checkered flag and drive into victory lane. So what is our victory lane pick Mr. Stephen Young. Yeah, isn't it weird to say Super Speedway? I, I've been doing it all weekend already. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to Denny Hamlin, plus 800. This is already moved. Um, so if you mm -hmm. like this, jump on it. It's something that if you jumped on it early in the week, you could find it 9 to 1. I think I saw it 10 to 1 on a couple of people tweeting it as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's already moving because, I mean, it's a good, it's a really good bet. So like I mentioned, Toyota, first, second, third in speed. Denny Hamlin ranks first in speed in the three races with this tire combo this season has the highest driver rating in those three races. And it's just always really good at flatter tracks. You know, he's one of the best ever on flatter tracks. So with the Toyotas faster here recently, a good racetrack type for Denny, 
I mean, it's really hard for me not to have interest in Denny here at eight to one. And again, I think this moves. I think he's going to be really strong in practice. And I think this moves. Yeah, I agree with you. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with PJ Walsh Action Network, who wrote this bet up as well. Went was plus 850. Eight to one, still still value here. I mean, like you said, we're getting a guy who's been the best at this tire combination this year, had the best driver rating at Nashville last year, was one of the dominant cars at this track last year. Toyota's just getting even better compared to Chevy. So all the factors are pointing towards Denny Hamlin here. So with all of you guys on this one for our victory lane pick for this week's running hot for Nashville Super Speedway. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Ally 400 episode of Running Hot, Action Network's motorsports betting podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Grant Park 220 at the new Chicago Street Course. Yes, a street course race in the streets of downtown Chicago. So that'll be exciting. That'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.